2: Connecting to the Methernet. Methernet now connected. This is the Wally and Mathot Show Live. Now, here are your hosts, Brent Wallace and Mark Mathot.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wally and Mathot Show Live. I'm Brent Wallace. He's Mark Mathot. It is brought to you by sportsinteraction.com. Meth, um, I used the wife's snowblower today, and I dug us out of the snowbanks. So uh,
1: I am ready to go. <laughs> did you Did you actually <laughs> plow the driveway? Yeah, I did the neighbors, too. Oh wow! I just assumed that you would have told yeah. Lisa to head out there, plow it for you, and then come back inside and make you something to eat. Well, it's her. I mean,
0: it's her snowblower. The least you could do is get it gassed up for me. But <laughs> I, uh, I went out. Luckily, the best thing best thing about having teenagers—they came out to help shovel, so it's good to go.
1: That's good. Right on. Right on. No, it's a, there's a are lot of snow out? out there. Kids are home. Sorry. Go ahead.
0: Is there? Are you dug out yet?
1: No. No. We have a contractor that comes by yeah. that does our neighborhood. And uh, they haven't showed up yet, so we don't have any plans to leave the house or anything like that, And, and the kids are about to go down for a nap right now, I believe, so it's all good. At some point, we need to run out and grab dinner, though. We have no food in our house
0: skip the dishes it's this new thing you can mm. just get it delivered oh so let's
1: make let, let, oh, let's just make a poor 17 year old anyway go ahead sorry <laughs>
0: <laughs> was it by chance was it your relative that drove through the ice today in Manitic and then took the picture while she's standing on the car of selfie? can we herself? comment
1: on did you see this <clears throat> can, can we comment on that like listen I understand it was a you know I don't want to say it was an accident because did you see the video of her pre like prior to that ripping zooming up zooming down, down. <laughs> Yeah, yeah yeah like so a it's racetrack like, you know i it's hard to find a lot of sympathy there and then of course i'm happy everyone's safe none but then to then to, to stand on the car as it as it's in the water and take a selfie like like read the room you know
0: mind-boggling
1: yeah <laughs> yeah that's the world we live <laughs> in Mind boggling to
0: me but i know the speed at which she was traveling down the Manitic, the rito river is that what they is that what she was on rito river um, yeah is is amazing to me that's but was she
1: on, on she was on the Rito River, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, okay, so I'm trying to understand this. Why, why was she driving on the Rito River? Well,
0: so I'm going to answer that really quick. She got out and took a selfie of herself with her car sinking. We're, we don't have any explanation as to what's going on.
1: Okay. All right.
0: Right. Sounds All good. right. We'll move on uh today's show is always brought to you by <laughs> sportsinteraction.com go to sportsinteraction.com slash and the thought they are canada's online casino and sportsbook for the most competitive odds and live daily betting sportsinteraction.com is canada's leading online sportsbook and a place where we make some bad choices every once in a while meth because we you and i both picked edmonton to win the other night uh yeah it didn't go well uh for us uh, so yeah uh, maybe we i'm happy not-
1: anymore I'm happy for the Sens you know (laughs) I I am Uh, I just who who had them I know I know we're going to talk about it but who had them beating both Alberta teams on the same trip like come on good for them
0: no yeah yeah great so we'll we'll bring that up with our guest who's coming up uh, momentarily I'm shocked that he agreed to do this still thank God we booked him before the Dallas Cowboy game last night uh Ian Mendez (laughs) is our guest in today's show of course the writer for The Athletic, also does his own podcast with The Athletic. Uh, Brought to you by the cool, refreshing taste of whitewater beer, pour a Legion lager, Farmer's Daughter, all those great flavors. Enjoy the show today. Ian Mendez, welcome to the show, our good friend.
2: You know, I put in, when I signed in, you have the option to put your name. I don't know if it came up, but I put not Dak Prescott as my my name here i don't know if that <laughs> that's how it appears for the viewers but uh yeah i did agree and so i'm i'm a man of my word and so when i said i'd come on i would come on
1: how did you feel ian about uh, the uh the comments after the game like dax kind of deflection towards the, the officiating uh you know what i thought it, tony romo
2: unless you uh, or did either of you watch the nickelodeon feed of that game
1: I did. Well, no, I didn't. I saw clips on Bleacher Report.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, five okay, minutes but I, I I didn't. But because I wasn't going to watch the Cowboys lose and then watch a bunch of slime, <laughs> but I did watch I I thought Tony Romo did an excellent job of explaining to the even avid NFL fans, casual viewers the kind of protocol there that Dak had to hand the ball not to his yeah. center but to the official. And I thought mm. that was great because it, it, at the very at, at the right away I thought Oh my gosh! Like the the officials bungled this, and they they got in the way. But when you hear him explain it, it makes sense. And by the way, that was the best work Tony Romo has ever done in the dying seconds of a Dallas Cowboys playoff game. Ah, oh, <laughs> <say that>. boo! <laughs> boo! It's never too late. Right, really listen, good. it's gallows um, humor. Gallows humor. Yeah. <laughs> it. Hey, when you watch
0: this play out, Mendez. Uh, one, I didn't think they were going to get that close to begin with when they were down, uh, whatever it was, 17-7 or 23-7. I, did, I, I was like, no chance they are coming back. So then they get it down and now they've got a play that they can go to the sideline or run it up the field. Did they not understand clock management whatsoever? I don't know, even before that, right? They had the delay of gameplay. That didn't make any sense to me. They could have got a free play at the end of the, was it not at the end of the third quarter or something? Do you remember
2: this? Then let the yeah. clock run down. Oh, it was that fourth, yeah. it was the fourth down play. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was. It was. But this is an Ottawa Senators podcast, though, right? I just want to make sure, like, we're we're going (laughs) pretty deep on the Dallas Cowboys uh, playoff laws here. But yeah, it was. It was because this is important to you. It is. It is important to me, and I love Meth's uh, Twitter poll yesterday because I've said this for years: the Dallas Cowboys are the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, I, I don't know who's who. Like, are the Cowboys the NFL's version of the Leafs? Are the Leafs the NHL's version of the Cowboys? I don't know. All I know is I feel this weird connection to Toronto Maple Leafs fans because I understand what it's like when the rest of the world just grabs a big bag of popcorn and they love to see you lose in spectacular fashion. That's the Cowboys. Yeah. Like, you love it. And only they lose. Like, certain teams will lose. If Buffalo had lost on the weekend, I think you'd feel so- – like the Bills, I mean – you'd feel sorry for them. You'd be like, oh, you know. But Dallas? Dallas losing? People love that. And I, I understand it, what it must be like – for a Toronto fan in hockey because I feel that same way when I watch the Leafs uh, implode and lose, uh, lose an important game too.
1: We all do. We all do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay, here's my, my last trolling. question
2: on the Cowboys. Yes.
0: Is, uh, can Dak Prescott get it done with the Cowboys?
1: Yeah, I
2: think so. And I think you got to remember, like, you know, everybody piled on him and not knowing the situation. you got to remember, like, this is a guy who in the last – you know, 12, to 15 months, uh, you know, watched his brother take his own life, came back from a debilitating ankle injury, came back and through thir- like he, he's he gone through a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. to even get to this point where he won 12 games, set a franchise record for, for touchdowns in the season. I think it's amazing. It's an amazing story of resiliency and leadership and all those things that that I think are important to be a quarterback. So I think he possesses those things. I think, unfortunately for him, uh, kind of undone by some some poor decisions. I think you t- when you take 14 penalties in a game and six or seven of them were pre-snap ones, I don't know how much you can oh put on the quarterback. Let me put it this way. If he was inserted in that situation, I don't know if, can Tom Brady win a playoff game with his team taking 14 or 15 penalties? I don't know, but we would probably never know mm-hmm. because Tom Brady has never been a part of a team like that. Good point.
0: Yeah. The penalties blew my, they're amazing to me. I couldn't understand. I couldn't figure it out, but it's been that way all year. So why is it going to
2: change? Like, is that not a coaching issue? Yeah, hundred percent. It's a coaching issue. And I think that's what, if you talk to any green Bay fan, if there's any green Bay fans watching us, they're all like, yeah, we told you this would happen with Mike McCarthy. This is and McCarthy kind of lucked his way into a super bowl with, uh, with green Bay back in 2011 when they, uh, when they won that first Super Bowl with, or their only Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. But outside of that, McCarthy probably should have won another Super Bowl with Green Bay, and a lot of people will point yeah. the finger at him for, for why they didn't get the job done. All
0: right, let's go from Canada's team – or sorry, America's team to Canada's team, and time now to announce the uh, Olympic men's hockey roster. Uh, Meth, I guess congratulations are in order that you've been named to Team Canada. I woke up one day, you, you didn't even give me a heads up. And there you are playing alongside Owen Power, the first overall pick. This is a great, when do you leave for Beijing? This is, why haven't you told me about this? Um,
1: Well, (laughs) it's always an honor to represent your country. And listen, I don't mind playing the right side. I can handle anything really. And um, at this point with the amount of training that I do, I feel prepared. Um, I know Shane (laughs) Doan's got a lot of confidence in my game. So I'm just there to help the back end out. I was flattered that they put me on that top line. Um, you know, I, I think between myself, uh, Danny Heatley, uh, Daniel Winnick, Nigel Dawes, and of course, Freddie Brathwaite, I think just having that leadership is yeah. huge. So I'm looking forward to it. I Really, I, I'm going, I've am going. i been getting a lot of media requests. That is not a joke, by the way. I've been getting legitimate media requests in my email for TV it's- to talk about my um, my Olympic experience that's about to happen. So I wish I was joking, but I'm not. I don't know if we come should stand on. right
0: now. For Who the...
1: you Hold on. He meth. you need to at least if
2: you don't want to identify the reporter... I can I will. I can't. Okay, the outlet. What about the outlet that they work for? Does that have, like um, Come he, on. Yeah, I well, can give you one. CBC, I'm going to try to it up. CBC um,
1: was one of them. Sportsnet the the Radio rights holder. Was one. Yeah. And
2: the other <laughs> alternate rights holder. Okay, this is good to yeah. know. So Good to know. So
0: one of the stations across the country was, "Hey, I would like to get uh, Math on to talk about his announcement." And it was not anywhere that it was a joke. Like there was nothing in there that said this is going to be funny stuff. They're like, "This is obviously a, where he said it's a huge honor." Math goes, "It's a huge honor," and people are texting
1: me going, "Is this for real?" Yeah, but they failed. They failed to catch the last part of my tweet apparently that said, "You're all very blessed." To get the opportunity to watch me play again, I, I I didn't think that that would come across as a real comment, but apparently it did. So I'm just going to keep running with it, see what happens. I'm going to be you might you guys no. might see me on TV this week doing a live hit in the morning about my experience in Beijing. <laughs> I hope you're wearing a jersey. But, Ian can't believe this, but Ian, I'm not joking. This is this is real. I've got a couple emails right now in front of me. I just don't want to throw them under the bus.
2: <laughs> no, but I I think it was fascinating. I texted Wally uh a couple days ago i'm like even the mayor of ottawa got duped like jim watson (laughs) tweeted congratulations (laughs) to you and i'm like this is unbelievable the mayor fell for this
1: and you know what ian i i just liked it i liked his (laughs) i liked his tweet but i didn't respond (laughs) um so i'm just i'm just stringing everybody along i don't care what your title is or where you work or who you are (laughs) you're you know you're fair game uh another one was a podcast
0: i was wondering uh would you be interested in coming on our talk show to talk about what it means to represent your country
1: i mean yeah i I
0: don't know where uh, to go with that like uh, so anyway i don't know um i I guess you and dion are going to be reunited once again so that must be pretty i love
1: well look at that right side like how tough you know you don't want to dump the puck in that corner (laughs) i mean you got me willie mitchell well, I don't know how much of how many of these guys we can that can actually pivot well anymore. I know I can. I was skating the them. other day, despite <laughs> my knee. But um it might be slow, but if we catch you, you're pretty well dead. So the right side is dangerous. <laughs> um, I'm looking at the forward group. I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't know why we're still talking about this. I feel bad now.
0: <laughs> why? But the fact that so many people got duped over this blows, like it's it blows my well, mind. They were bit. smart. Yeah.
1: So they put on, yeah. So they got guys like they, Mason Tavish in there. Yeah. And Owen Power. Yeah, they got Ken some Johnson. young players. So it yeah. it legitimizes the list, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Like Bedard, anyway. Eric Stahl's trying this comeback. Uh, yeah. It would be a great interview team because when you think of Koliakovo and Bieksa and you all on TV, like this would be an interviewer's dream.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Anyway, well, so if you guys want to join the flight over, we'll all head over, and you guys can join the media, and we'll get some good coverage out of Beijing. But otherwise, I don't know how else to comment on this. So we can, we can move on. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, anyway, that was my favorite part of the show. <laughs> it, was so it's yeah, it was good. Yeah. All downhill
0: from here on up. Uh, <laughs> now we go to the guys on the ice actually playing, and it's a lot more entertaining. Mm. Brought to you by Bei Bonnicher. Excavating Inc. BEI specializes in excavation, grading, drainage projects, all the equipment rentals. Uh, visit BonisherExcavating.com. BEI, helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. Ian Mendez, what is your takeaway over the last couple of games of seeing the Ottawa Senators who hadn't played a, a, one game since December the 18th when they got pumped by the Leafs 6-0 on New Year's? Now they've suddenly wrapped up two big wins on the road. Um, is, are you Are you surprised that they were able to come out with two victories on the road?
2: Yeah, I was, and, and by the way, I I might be having some, what is it, Ethernet uh, uh, problems here. So if I seem <laughs> a little bit glitchy, it's uh, all this. It's because I, it's everyone's at home today and all yes. using the internet, so anyway. Yeah, you're uh, good right now. Yeah, I was. Okay, I'm good right now. Well, I, I was surprised. Yeah. I, I would have said if they could have come out with a split, would have been great. And I was more less interested in the results and more interested in, just the way that they came out cuz they were flat. That Toronto game on New Year's Day was awful. There wasn't even one thing mm. I would look at that game and say, "Okay, other than Foreman did maybe I thought it was good in that game." Um, but if yeah. you look at this yeah. team now, go back to the December 1st game against Vancouver. They've played 11 games since. They're 7-3 and 1, and they've only had mm. one bad game in that stretch and that was the Toronto game. And so after 40 minutes though on Saturday in Edmonton, did any of you watching this now or the two of you, did anybody think they were coming back to win that game? I didn't i thought they were done they were flat They was it was 3-1 and to show the resiliency i like that dj smith uh, shifted up the lines a little bit and uh and altered his look on his forward lines they got something going and the way i think and and meth would be able to talk about this probably more so than than wally uh, and i but when you see the guys celebrating the way that norris scored that ga- eventual game-winning goal and the way that they were kind of on the bench and all like that's the sign of a team that loves playing for each other, that loves e- they yeah. love each other. They, and you didn't see that in November, right? Like you think of the Vancouver game, they look like a fractured group and they look like a despondent group. And that's all gone. And and, and that to me is really important. They genuinely seem, that's my biggest takeaway was watch the way in those videos that the team released after the games in Calgary and Edmonton and some of the footage that we saw, they're having fun and they love playing with each other. Mm. And I think that's that's huge for this group.
1: Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because that was, I mean, you, we can break down all the X's and O's, but when you see the enthusiasm that they're bringing to the game now, you can tell, and and I know DJ, I think touched on it a little bit today. Uh, I read a couple quotes there online, but um, I love that. I love the enthusiasm. You can see that they're all energetic. They're genuinely happy for each other, right? When one guy's scoring, they're all up on their feet. Everyone's rallying around him. And when you start having fun like that, it kind of reminds me of some of the runs that we went on when I was playing in Ottawa, where... Everyone just, there's there's no really, in, there's no individualism anymore, right? Everyone genuinely just wants the other guy to do well for the betterment of the team. And that's what we're seeing now with this group. And you're seeing them celebrating when Norris scores, for example, like it's, that's huge. It's so much fun and um, it's contagious. And does that mean they're gonna go on a heater now for 10 games? Probably not, but you gotta think that at this rate, the way they've been playing as long as they're playing the right way, I'm content with it and I'm happy. You're seeing some progression now. You're seeing this chemistry start to build with a group, and that's that's how you build a great team, right? Over the couple, of, or, over the course of a couple of years, you've got a really good core group. Everyone's playing for each other. They're developing good chemistry on and off the ice, and um, we're seeing sort of the fruits of that now. It's starting to come in, and, and obviously, and I know Ian, I read your little piece in the Athletic. That was really good. That you mentioned Murray, he's been fantastic too. I mean, without without goaltending, we're not even having this conversation. Okay, I,
0: let me. Two things, then. I'm going to rain on the parade because that's what I like to do. Are they just having fun because there's no more pressure anymore? Right? They don't – nobody expects them to win a game, so they just get to go play. And if they score, yippee-doo, great. Mm. Matt Murray, I don't think, was very good. Or I don't think he was great, as you put it, against Edmonton. I just think Ottawa was able to score more goals. That's what I think against Edmonton. I don't think he was great. I think he was average.
2: I don't know. That McDavid save that he made on the five-on-three – the desperation yes. save there were some saves yep. that Matt Murray made in that game. Again, you got to just He's judge Matt Murray you. against himself.
1: <laughs> that what we,
2: he wasn't making those saves earlier in the year, like, he wasn't winning. They weren't winning Agreed. that game, uh, six four, they were losing that game, six to four,
1: right? Yeah,
0: Wally, are you waiting are you for okay? me to get like, yeah, they don't have <laughs> no, any pressure. I, I think as as a player, if you're out of it, you don't have any obligate, any pressure whatsoever to try and win games. Yeah, but right? you just get have, to go play. You know, I'd
1: understand. I'd understand that if there was like you know 20 games left, but it's not like they're clear. I hate saying this, and I'm probably way off. but They're not clear cut out of it yet, right? Like they're still, a, they're still a chance. Yes, they are. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to be positive here. Okay. I don't even know where to go They're with this now. Tw- like, do you, do you want me to They're shit all over them? Like, I don't know what you want me to. T-
0: no, sorry. They're uh, 22 points out of a playoff spot. I know.
1: I know. But
2: I mean, that's. Yeah, but they got 22 games in hand. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So- <laughs> they haven't played. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, I like also uh, just to add to that, just to add to that, Wally, I also like that Ian brought up um, the, the pairing between Zub and Holden as a shutdown pair. Like we, how are we not talking about that? Like the job that they did. Do you know how hard it is to defend those players? It is incredibly difficult. And it just dawned on me. I'm like brilliant. Really? You think about it. You've got two very responsible guys. They're very, They're you know, they don't really panic too much out there. Holdy's pretty good at that too. Maybe not on the level that Zub is. Doesn't have the same ceiling. But But both smart players and together. You know, playing, depending on the team you're playing against, of course, I understand that you're not always going to have them together, but what a pairing that was playing against Edmonton. I, I was really impressed with those two guys.
2: Yeah, and, and I think if they you look ball. back at the Calgary game, look back at the Calgary game too. Lindholm and Kachuk and Goudreau, yes. I think, were limited to one goal, and then they shut down yeah. McDavid and Dreisung. I, I think, look – like Zub and Hold, like what Ottawa fans have been dying for is a, is a legitimate second pairing, right? Like we've always known Shabbat can anchor a first pair. Well, now you've got Holden and Zub. And I, I pointed this out in my article today. Look at this team's record lately. especially When Zub, when um, Nick Holden yeah. is playing more than 20 minutes, they got this seven and whatever they are, seven, one, and one. And when, when he's not playing those minutes, they struggle. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think they're a legitimate – they've been a legitimate shutdown pair. And I, I think I, I'm interested to see this week. They got Pittsburgh and they got Washington. And can those two guys on the road again go in there and, and shut down uh, Sid Geno's back? And then obviously Ovechkin's going uh, as well in Washington. If they can do that, then I think maybe just maybe there's a chance for for us to have some optimism in in two pairings uh, in in Ottawa.
1: Yeah, I
0: agree. Totally agree. Does anybody own a chain with? Uh... Some kind of number on it. Math? Did you have one when you played? Like, uh, oh, are you're talking about Josh, Josh Norris's
1: does... number nine? I don't mind yeah. that. I know some guys, some people. I saw some comments. Some people were kind of chirping him, but like, you got to remember, you're you're we're pro pro athlete playing at an elite level. You're going to have a little bit of an ego. You just will. Uh, you need to to be a good player. And he's. I'm not saying that he's an arrogant guy or anything like that. But he's proud no. of his number. He he carries it with some pride yeah. and he wears it around his neck. I mean. A lot of athletes do that. This is not uncommon. It's not necessarily super common in hockey, but it's it's very common in pro sports. I just think he pulled it out, though, for the interview. I, oh, I just think he took well, it out and made sure. It was, I don't,
0: I don't know either. Know. I, I didn't see it leading up, but it just seems like it was too easily placed there.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to judge him for that. <laughs> it's, I, I love him, though. I think Here's, he's you know entertaining. What? You... I was gonna say before, are we are we sticking to Sens after the Josh Norris chain thing? Yeah, I got lots of good okay. stuff. Okay, well, I, I wanted to ask you in one question about the Branstrom pairing. What what what's going on there? <laughs> I want to know. So I'm like so undecided here, Ian. Like, and you have a different set of eyes. Obviously, you're watching lots, and you probably pay attention more to the analytics than I do, because uh, I don't pay any attention to the analytics. Um what are you seeing there with him? I know he's been playing pretty well with an anchor like Josh Brown, for example, or another guy that can kind of have that reach and defend properly. What, like, I, I I don't know what to think anymore. I'm like I, I always sway back and forth. I know, and and you know what though? Uh, I thought what the most impressive thing to me
2: was that Branstrom played. I think it was eight minutes in the third period. Yeah. On- Saturday night. Uh, we have never, yeah. there were games last season and in the past where he didn't even play eight minutes in a game. He just played eight mm-hmm. minutes in the third period of a game, like in a tight game, yeah. too, like not a blowout, not a garbage time game, a game that was up into the air in until the final three minutes of, or two minutes of regulation time. So I think this is huge. And I thought DJ Smith's interview with Steve Lloyd and Chris Stevenson on whatever day that I think it was Friday was prior. the most yeah, eye opening. Yeah, yeah, uh, clip I've ever heard DJ Smith when it comes to Eric Brandstrom, And he sounded like he's bullish on the kid. He sounded like, you know, he just needed some time uh, in the minors. I think we're going to see this guy play his 18 to 20 minutes a night now for the next six weeks. But I'm with you. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess my question is, when Nikita Zaitsev comes back into the fold at some point here in the next couple of weeks, who's the odd man out? Like, I'm I'm, I'm inclined to think it's Josh Brown, but – I don't know. Like I don't think you can sit Brandstrom anymore. I guess is is my point.
1: But like so so is is Zaitsev Is Zaitsev more effective uh this is going to be a hot take. Is Zaitsev more effective as a partner than Josh Brown with a player like Brandstrom? Cuz whenever I think of Zaitsev, I think of chaos and I think of not a ton of composure with the puck. I'm not saying that Josh Brown's toe-dragging guys out there. I'm not saying that. I know that. But I Like, sometimes pairings just work, right? You get the right chemistry. You, they start to feed off each other a little bit. So to your question, it's like, do you just put in Zaitsev right in that two slot because it's Zaitsev and we're paying him X amount? Or like, you know what I mean? Like, I I, I don't know. I, I, I'm so torn on this. And I know a lot of people, there's a lot of Branstrom fans online. A lot of people are pulling for him. I'm pulling for him too. I just wonder how an Eric Branstrom looks against a team like, Washington or a team like Pittsburgh I know he we played well against Edmonton but they don't have a lot of depth after that top line what's it going to look like against some bigger stronger faster teams that that's that's going to be my question that's why I'm still reluctant to go there and you know fawn all over him
0: okay well I'll ask you and I've asked you this before and I still don't seem to have an answer is can Eric Branstrom play defense
1: Ask Ian that. I'm not. We know. That we right
0: know now, he huh? can move the puck. There is no question he's an offensively yeah. gifted player. I just don't yeah. know if he can play well enough in his own end, especially when it comes to trying to move people away from the front of the net. Men- you know what?
2: I we have okay. We have seen some guys: Tori Krug, uh, Brian Rafalski. Like, we've seen smaller guys be able to play defense, right? Like, it's not like we've never seen it before. It's not as – So you can you – It's can, strength. So you don't think he has the strength to to play, to, to defend, I guess, and, like, below the face-off dots? Yeah, I –
1: I'm liking this. Okay, I want to hear know, it. Let's I'm, open I'm, up the floodgates. Come on. <laughs> 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 uh, I don't I, know, I, like. – I've I, watched – I'm, I'm torn, the, torn to, to
0: – Take Tori Krug the other night. Tory Krug, who just he's levels. Chippy. Tory uh, Krug is very
1: good. The Toronto Maple Leaf guy. Yeah.
0: I can't remember who. Like, right? He's he's strong. He's stocky. He can move guys around. I've watched and Wade Redden wasn't overly strong either, but he was really good at being able to push guys off the puck and angle them out of the way. I I don't see Eric Branstrom play a hard enough game to move guys defensively. And if he doesn't get him with a stick check, they beat him. Hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. I like, again, I, I don't know. I, I'd like to see we're at whatever game thirty. I'd like to see thirty to forty games in a row of Eric Brand. I agree. Play him. I agree. Eighteen minutes a night. Put him in all sorts yeah. of spots, and then we could make a, a a firm proclamation on what he is. I feel like we get eight games of Brandstrom. Then he's gone. He's hurt. He's yeah. back. He's demoted. He's give me fifty games of Eric. Whatever forty games of Eric Brandstrom. And then let's make a definitive assessment even, on what this young man
1: is. Yeah, like I'm agree. Ian, you nailed it. For me, it's that's exactly how I feel. Like in Wally, I'm also kind of agreeing with you. Give him like ten, to, even ten to fifteen games, averaging more than seventeen minutes a night. Like, like throw him in the fire. Let's see what he can do. Because I know he's not that old, right? He's what is he? Is he even twenty three yet? How old is Eric Ranstrom? No, do we know? Yeah, twenty two. Twenty two, right? Yeah. yeah. So that that see that's young for a defenseman. It really is. Um, but I think the point kind of lies right here. It's this is the conclusion. It's just just I want to see more. More consistently. I don't want to see him play for two games, then game 3 he plays for 12 minutes and then they decide to scratch him and then it's rinse and repeat all over again. Just and that's why I brought up the whole Zaitsev thing. I'm like just to throw him back in, to throw him in. I I, I and 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 I don't want to see Branstrom play with a shitty partner either. I want him to play with a capable guy cuz then that takes that excuse, you know, out of the out of the conversation. So um for me it's simple play him consistently here let's see what he can do you're not making the postseason this year you know so you're trying to establish what you have in this lineup you have an opportunity to do that because you can risk losing a couple games it's not a big deal and see what the see what the kid can do and then you can make that assessment at the end of the season but yeah I, i'm with you guys it's like we haven't had a, lo- a big enough sample
0: all right, let me take this. One, you just said uh two minutes ago that you weren't counting them out, and now you just told me they're not making the playoffs. So um you're
1: no, gonna be running for office. I'm trying to be optimistic in that they're not okay. clear cut mathematically eliminated. That's what I'm trying to say. Now, you know, when okay, you're when so you're I'm when going you're back. literally mathematically eliminated, that's when it's like, Oh shit, it doesn't even matter anymore. We can do whatever we want out here. But they're not technically out of it yet. There's still a lot of pressure on them to win some games, believe it or not. So, so there's pressure on DJ Smith to win hockey games, which means he plays
0: players how he sees fit. Whether right or wrong, all the armchair quarterbacks can make their decision on their own. But he's yep. putting out players he thinks are going to help him win hockey games. So this isn't the National Tryout League. It's the National Hockey League. If you need him <laughs> to get better, you put him in the minors to let him get better. Or you cut his ice time, but you can't just put him on the ice and go. Well, go make some mistakes not... and let me know how it's going to finish. Because then it's all of a sudden it's three one and you're trailing once again.
1: Well, okay, if he's if he's out there and he's dash five and he's the like he is the sole reason the team is losing games, then I understand. Then you can take him out, obviously. If, even if it, that happens one game, whatever. You don't. You have to earn your spot. But if he keeps playing similar to the way he has been playing, you know, at least consistent. You're not a total liability out there in your own zone. Then I, I see no reason to take him out and it and it puts this whole conversation to bed. I'm sick of having these debates, you know, about Eric Brandstrom. It's like he's either a player or he's I not. Agree. I just I want to know. I. But go ahead. Okay. In
2: DJ Smith's uh, defense, here a little bit, and I I like the fact that he used Batherson as an example mm. uh, that we should we should lean on Drake ba- like. I think part of the problem for Branstrom is he's the victim of, I was the main return for Stone. Like if Batherson mm-hmm. was the main, a first round pick, or if Batherson was, uh, uh, you know, a piece that came back for for Carlson or Paggio, we'd have a lot more pressure on him. But because he was like a later round pick, we were super patient with Drake Batherson. Oh, it takes him two and a half years to get to the NHL. It takes him two and a half years to get the NHL. Maybe that's the path for Eric Brandstrom. Like, I, I think sometimes guys that are taking the first round or the big – look at Nick Paul. It's another example of a guy that came – was a piece that came back for Jason Spezza, and it takes guys some time. Maybe mm-hmm. it's going to take Eric Brandstrom some time to get to the NHL. And, and the one thing I'll say about D.J. Smith, and I know that there's a lot of critics about the way he deploys players, and I get it. I hear it. I understand it. But I'll say this, at some point, DJ Smith's going to have to prove that he can win in the NHL. I'm not debating that. But he's at least proven he can develop young players because I think under his watch, Norris has gone up. Batherson has gone up. I think Stutzla is coming around nicely. I I think you can make an argument that Alex Formington is, is starting to come in. Like, I guess my point is, in the DJ Smith era, all of the guys that you thought should be taking steps forward are taking steps forward. The one exception is Brandstrom. So I, again, I, I'm hesitant to make an, uh, a a bold proclamation on him when I haven't seen enough, but I will say that they've done a pretty good job developing some guys by taking the patient approach and I'd be willing to give it another two months and then, and then make an assessment on Brandstrom. Agreed. Uh, why is
0: he choosing to use Batherson? I think it doesn't – make like, if you're using anybody, it should be Josh Norris, who is another piece that came back basically in a trade, right? Like, I never thought of giving Drake Batherson time to get into the NHL. Plus, it was – he's done it already in two and a half years. He hasn't, like, been struggling to get into the NHL I just don't like his analogy on using uh, Drake Batherson as his decision or his choice on Eric Brandstrom. It was a general manager that said it was his best day as a GM to acquire him. No fault to Eric Brandstrom, but that's the pressure that now comes with Eric Brandstrom, right? And so then he got labeled that he's the next Eric Carlson. Well, now you're a two-time Norris Trophy winning comparison. Like, I I will say of all the play, like, I wouldn't take him out of the lineup right now for anybody to put in there. So I think he deserves to be in that spot. I just don't know mm-hmm. if he's the right fit for that back
2: end. And and now you're obviously adding Sanderson to the mix uh, in about yep. six weeks, eight weeks, whatever. Right. And then that's another spot that's gone. And then if you're, if you're bullish on Zub and you're bullish on Shabbat and uh, Sanderson and Bernard Docker, well, there's your top four is set in some way, yeah. shape or form next season. Right. And then, is there room yeah. for Brandstrom to come along enough minutes for him to play as a, as a third pairing guy but 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 maybe that's a good thing if Eric Brandstrom is your third pairing guy maybe that's not the worst thing in the world because maybe you for once you you, you have some depth on defense like maybe maybe yeah. we need to look at it from the alternate perspective of now for a change maybe they're so deep that anyway well again they're all young they need some on size. the back end I, I yeah yeah, they probably need a little bit of size there. I, I wouldn't dis- I wouldn't necessarily dispute yeah. that.
1: The problem is you can't rush it, right? Like I I think I I know where Ian's coming from like cuz you have and I know Wally, you're just playing devil's advocate of course, but but the uh with Branstrom on your third pairing, you know, assuming he keeps progressing, you have a puck mover all of a sudden, right? You have a guy that's capable of, you know, getting the puck out of the zone on some clean exits, which is his job. If he's not able to deliver that and he's not good on transition, he has no business being in this lineup. But because he's obviously not back there to punish guys, People don't expect him to be a stalwart defenseman as far as, you know, defending in his own zone all the time. He's going to make mistakes, but if the positives outweigh the negatives and he's clean on exits, he's got some good breakouts, he's quarterbacking maybe the second unit on the power play. I don't know. That'll, that'll work to his advantage. But okay. I had a question for Ian here. Do you, do you see this? I think I'm clueless when it comes to trade deadline. I've always been bad at this. I can never predict anything. <laughs> um, you'd think that I would know more than I do being a former player. Do you, suspect perhaps because you mentioned sanderson coming in and i don't know what that's going to look like projecting out next year or the following season but do you think maybe there's a chance they move a guy here just to clear some room hello can you guys
2: hear me i hear you is yeah you know what i've got i've got the
1: glitchy internet the Uh, i'll I'll ask you again i'll ask you again i don't know did you hear my question yeah there we go yeah okay all right i i only heard part of it that it went all chunk. okay well i'm asking i'm asking on the on the decor do you see any of these defensemen being moved at all to make some room you know you mentioned sanderson coming in do you see anybody that any other team perhaps might look after you know just to get rid of here as far as kind of getting rid of some bodies well
2: there at some point, and 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 the quote I always go back to from Pierre Dorian is he says at some point we're gonna have to like there's not room for everybody to play right like he does exactly. say at some point, and and that that also applies to Sokolov and Ridley Gregg and yep. you know pick pick your guys Tyler um, Boucher Tyler like, Tyler Boucher uh, Roby yep. all they're not all going to play and not all going to hit their yeah. ceiling. So at some point you got to turn around. And so when you look at this potential future lineup here, I'm, I'm looking at this and saying, okay, this is whatever, 18 months down the road and whatever, yeah. two years down the road. And okay, well, these are, these are the six guys. Well, we're, Tyler Clevin's not there. Let, let's start with that. There's an example of a guy exactly. that maybe some people think eight, eight, 18 months from now might be here two years from now. He's not even on this list. Uh, Roby Gerventi mm-hmm. is not on this list. Right. And so, uh You start to say, at some point, do you package one of these guys, two of these guys? They need some immediate help, okay? Here's my – the bigger question I have is this. Would you guys be all in on going after Nazem Kadri as an unrestricted free agent this summer? Nazem seems like the type of guy. He fits the bill in terms of being a a centerman. He fits the bill in terms of he's having an unbelievable season. He he adds – he plays with that – that whatever they're trying to build here, Nazem plays with that would you mm. guys, instead of trading some pieces to would you guys be in on Nazem Kadri
1: i would but but i would you have to do your due diligence though right you have to understand that maybe the player wants no part of playing here i mean if he's having an unbelievable season obviously money talks but if he's having a really good year does he want to win a championship like there's so many questions right it's it's such a loaded yeah, but just such just a take it question. that he
0: wants to come here. Just take okay. it that he wants to come here and money's no issue.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, of course, I'll go after him. Why? I mean, look at his, look at the numbers no. he's putting up right now. And he's competitive and he fits the bill for DJ style of play.
0: I don't know that he's with being the veteran that he is, if
1: he's the leader you want around the room. Bray Abbott. Yeah. I don't know. Ian, what are you thinking? I'm really intrigued. Like you're going to hear
2: some names this summer. Claude uh, Claude Giroux is going to be one. Yeah, I think Nazem Kadri is going to be one. Claude, obviously, because of the local connections, I think there'll be a lot of people saying he wants yep. to maybe come back here. Kadri's uh, Kadri's an unrestricted free agent, and you got to remember, we're living in a flat cap world, and there may not be as many teams able to go all in on five, six, seven year deals. On Good so point. That, Ottawa's got the ability to do it. I I understand all the stuff that. Floats around, but let's just remove that for a second and understand that they've got flexibility here. They've got the opportunity. I would be interested in him because I think if you had Nazim Kadri in your top six and maybe maybe Tim Souza goes back to the wing, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But all of a sudden now, you're pretty good, and I I kind of would be very interested. But like Wally said, who knows? Maybe uh, or, or like you were saying, Matt, sorry. Like maybe he doesn't want to come here. Maybe his number one priority. Is winning a Stanley cup. And maybe he doesn't think that'll happen in the next two years in Ottawa. So it'll be interesting, but yeah. I think it's, it's the type of guy that they absolutely need. But if, if they don't go the free agent, you have to package up a JBD or a Brandstrom or a Lassie Thompson or one of those guys, they have to go. You can't just get, uh, you, you know, it's, you can't get one of these players without giving up some Nothing. of your elite talent. Yeah. To, and
1: that's, yeah. that's the big one, right? At some point, your general manager is going to have to make some bold moves, and all the GMs have to go through this when they're going through a rebuild. Eventually, you can't just hoard all these players and picks. You're going to have to make a splash, and then that's that's the you know the conundrum that he's going to be in at some point. I it just, but in conclusion, asked, you know to answer your question. I would absolutely go for a player like Kadri if he was willing to come. I agree with that.
0: But do you worry about bringing in a guy with a I'll, I'll say a big ego or big? He's known to be a star, and he's used to being successful playing. And if you're playing in Colorado, you're surrounded by world-class talent and Nathan McKinnon and Mikko Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog. You're coming mm. into a team that you have to be okay and accept not winning or not being competitive like you are right now on a Stanley Cup contender. And that can change your attitude and mindset and make it a lot less desirable location to be in. Mm.
2: Yeah, it's a listen. It's a legitimate point, but at some point, I think we can agree that this group is going to be a playoff caliber team, right? Like, I feel that yeah. I do, and and whether it's next year or beyond. Sure. So there is an element that two years ago it didn't exist here. I don't think that players would have thought that this was maybe something you could. But I think that was trending in the right direction. I do think you could see it now. I do think if you were a a forward in the NHL, you would look at Ottawa and say, yeah, I would I would think about coming there and, and Brady Kachuk and Josh Norris and Batherson and Shabbat and Sanderson, like maybe I'd like to be the piece that puts them over the top. But but free agents, very the, the, the marquee free agents very rarely come here, right? For a myriad of reasons, uh, they don't mm-hmm. come here. And it's not just an Ottawa thing. They, they don't go to Winnipeg and they don't go to, right? They don't go to, to other uh, places, Columbus. And uh, so it, it would be a Buffalo. challenge trying to get a guy like that. Yeah. But yeah, but but they're building at the very least they're building a culture here that wasn't here 18 months ago. And I think that that helps.
1: Yeah, and and I think the last point and to me and I was just curious because I wasn't sure exactly how old he was. He's turning 32 in October. So um, I know he's on top of his game right now, but we all know, and, and you can never beat father time. It does catch up to you. And it, all of a sudden, it could be in two seasons from now, all of a sudden, like where he takes a drastic step back. And I've been through it. I know what it's like um, because the NHL level now, when you're in your 30s, you're an old guy. You know, it never used to be that way, but it is now. So that those are all things to consider. So to think, you know, you're, there's some sexy free agents, you know, like you're looking at some of the names and you associate that with the way they played four years ago, five years ago. It's like you might not be getting that same player in two years from now if you sign a player like that to you know do a five year deal. And let Ottawa's not winning the Stanley Cup next year. I don't think they're winning the Stanley Cup the following season. So we you have to think long term too, and that's something that Pierre's gonna have to work work his way through as well.
0: Well, I think that's a negative attitude. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> here's thanks. I have a question. <laughs> if you had one choice right now to take to build your team around either Drake Batherson or Josh Norris who do you take
2: Ian I'll start with you you know I I'll say Batherson for now because I know his what his contract is too and I think that's part of it it's one of the best contracts in the league it's a it's a six year deal and it's under a five million dollar cap hit I think that's part of it but if we were if you're asking me to strip aside uh, that aspect of it, Money. I still might lean bath. Yeah. I still might lean Batherson because of his playmaking ability. I-, I think Norris is unbelievable. Like Norris is scoring at about a half a goal a game clip, meaning he's on pace for about forty goals this year. So he's not mm-hmm. your prototypical mm-hmm. centerman, right? Like when you think of a centerman, you think of a playmaking guy that might have twice as many assists as he does goals. Norris is going to yeah. be the other way around. Norris is going to be like a maybe thirty-six goals and twenty-two assists type of guy. Uh, this, is, in fact, look at this graphic here: eight, eight, and two. Right, like that's not—he's mm-hmm. a finisher, and ba- it, it's almost like if you looked at this, you'd be like, "Oh." If you didn't know what positions they played, you would think Batherson is the center. Yep. I think Drake yep. Batherson has an unbelievable ability. It's—it's. am it's, hesitant to use the 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 analogy of Jason Spezza because of the number that he wears and the you know the the vision. But I see a lot of the similarities in slowing the play down, finding yes. the seam when you don't think there's a seam, um, all of the confidence with the puck, working the half wall. I would take Batherson, and it's not an indictment on Norris. It's just I, I've i just become such a fan of what Drake Batherson does in, in building up some of the players around him. I would probably lean in hmm. taking Drake.
1: Yeah, and I'm with you on that. Uh, I, the only thing, and I, I know you'll agree with me, it's just Norris is so good both ways, <laughs> right? Like you... As a two-way player, he's so yeah. uh, responsible in his own zone, and and that's and he's a centerman. You know, like the, we finally have a number one center here, like a legitimate one. Um, so it's hard to kind of pin them up against each other. I hate that Wallie's making us do that. Uh, but with Batherson, <laughs> like the one thing that you mentioned, Ian, that I've always noticed with Batherson in his play is his confidence with the puck. It always seems like in the offensive zone, he's creating something. Like something's going to happen. He's got it on a stick. He's got a little bit of time and space he's probably going to create an opportunity. And, um, you know, the, <laughs> I love that front line. I'm a huge fan of Norris and Batherson. I'm a huge fan of both of them. That, that line as a whole is perfect. Um, I don't ever want to see this team move them unless, of course, there's significant injuries, which, of course, they're going through right now with Connor Brown. So you're probably going to have to slide Batherson down a little bit. But that's neither here or there. I think ultimately when this team is healthy, those two guys are excellent hockey players to have on your team. We're very lucky to have them here but I will go with Batherson only because of the creativity level. And I love the comparison to Jason Spezza. That's, that's bang on.
0: I haven't seen any drop back passes yet at the blue line. So I don't want to give him too much credit (laughs) here yet. Uh, I'll let Jason Spezza, but I, the thing about Josh Norris, A, he can wear many hats. Um, There is that, or I should say buckets. Uh, But he's like him, him on that right side of the power play right now. It's, He's got seven power play goals in the air. Three of his last six goals have been game winning goals, uh, and he hasn't. He's only gone once this season, three games or more without a point. He's consistently doing it night in, night out. That's what I like about Ooh. Josh Norris. I I don't know if I could pick either one, and I think Drake Baterson is the right call to go to the All Star game to send somebody. But uh, I do like Josh Norris being a number one center as the guy you would build around at the moment. Um, which leads me into Drake Batherson going to the All Star game, Viva Las Vegas, shall we call it? Um, Hmm. Nate McKinnon was the one that came out and said, quote, it's silly. I don't think every team should send a guy. It's an all-star game, not a participation game. Do you guys agree with that? Is it time now to send the best players? Listen, let's talk about Nazem Kadri not going to the all-star game. And what is he? I don't know. Is he somewhere in the top 10 of points? Is he fourth? Somewhere there. I haven't looked it up. Do you guys think that we should start sending now the best players, regardless that every team needs to be represented? Ian Mendez.
2: Uh, it's, you know what, it's tough because I think sometimes you get into these debates and it beca- I don't want to say it's manufactured like hot takery, but I what no, if I didn't care? No. Like what <laughs> if I was in the middle and I saw both sides of it and, I, and at the end of it, I didn't really care. And I, not to say that in a bad way, but look, like I see the merits of putting somebody from every team in. It, it does in, allow fans to see their favorite player uh, in our case, it's Drake Batherson in Ottawa. In Buffalo's case, I think it's Ross Dahlin. In Montreal's case, it's, uh, it's Nick Suzuki. Nick and, Suzuki. And maybe for – right? And so for those fans, maybe they'd want to tune into the all-star game because Nick Suzuki is going to play a shift with Austin Matthews or something that they wouldn't see. So I understand it from that perspective. And then I also mm-hmm. see the other side. I totally see Nate McKinnon's point. When you have an all-star game – And you look at the stats and Nazem Kadri, who's top 10 in scoring, isn't there. Brad Marchand, who's whatever in scoring top 12 or 50, he's not there. Uh, Some other guys that probably deserve to be there aren't there. You start to wonder about the validity of it. But at the end of the day, there's about 50 other things in the game of hockey I'd like to be really (laughs) passionate about. Yeah. yeah, all-star rosters isn't one of them, uh, but I, I, I like it. And you know what I like about Nate McKinnon? I like that we had an NHL player come out and sing with a little bit of conviction and a little bit, and, and controversial is not the right term, but he was opinionated. We need more
1: yeah.
2: NHL players being opinionated. And I, and I think that that's good for the game.
1: Yeah, I agree. Totally agree with Ian. And, and And I think it's, you, you talk about manufactured outrage or, Talking points, and I—I I mean, I think you're bang on. I, I, if you ask a lot of the players, and you got to understand that McKinnon is Nazem Kadri's teammate, he's going to be there to defend him. He's going to be supportive of him, and that's just the way it is. You're always going to have your buddies back. But I think overall, if you look around the NHL, most players don't care. Like it, it, this is not a big deal. In fact, I'll be—I'll go as far as saying that a lot of players don't even want to play in the All Star game. They'd rather go down south like their counterparts. But true. that's yeah that's subjective and some players of course want to go but we've seen it there's a reason why the nhl implemented a, a suspension for turning down the all-star game because a lot of the big dogs the that have played room? in multiple all-star games they don't want to freaking yeah. go they want to go on vacation they want to they, they want to break they want to spend time with their families so um and and certainly under the the current climate that we're living in right with covid they're probably going to be confined in their hotel rooms they're not going to be able to go around mingle go out have fun So, you know, essentially the fun has been sucked out of the weekend. So uh, to me, it's, it's, I'm agreeing with everything Ian said. And then some, I think at this point, you know, it's fun to talk about it. Um, The one good takeaway that Ian mentioned that I completely agree with is I want more opinions. Like, this is great. You know, like we're we have a talking point now because Nate McKinnon spoke up and, and it creates a little bit of dialogue. It, It garners attention, whether it's good or bad, it's ultimately good for the NHL. And I think, uh, I'd love to see more of it. Unfortunately, in the culture but, and the way the way guys are, they don't like to speak out much. They don't want to be the center of attention.
0: Because we then we come back and hammer them. We're like, did you hear what he said? Like, I can't believe him. But like he but didn't we're not say hammering anything Nate but we're gonna McKinney make a big right deal now, about. Right? It. I but that's no, no, I'm them. not saying Nate McKinnon.
1: But in yeah, the past,
0: yeah. we have done that where we just hammered on guys for I can't believe it, like, and then all of a sudden uh, Connor McDavid says something in Edmonton, and we and I used to have to go into the Ottawa room. And Ian the same way would have to ask Mark borvietsky and Brady Kachuk and well, all these guys, what did you think of the comment he said? And no one wants to be that guy. No one wants to lead and, Sports Center with some comment.
1: And a good point to that is like Brady Kachuk a couple weeks ago, I'm sure you guys saw it. Brady made a comment about how he just he wishes there were fans in the building, right? Whether you agree with that or not. And to forget about Ontario Health and all that stuff. I'm not getting into that. I'm just saying. He made a comment that he was excited or wanted to have fans in the building. And some of the comments, man, like they were all over him, like right. like accusing him of whatever. And it's just like, and that's a good example of a player yeah. that you might see that and be like, oh, you know, screw this. I'm not going to say anything next time. And all of a sudden you're not getting good quotes.
0: You get Sidney Crosby who says nothing every time. And every time I am around him, I had to go talk to Sidney Crosby. And we're like, He's not going to say anything because he's very good at saying nothing because he doesn't want to tarnish his brand, which I completely yeah. understand. But you get nothing, so you ex- you wait for those guys like Yarmir Yager and Alex Ovechkin. Those guys who used to say stuff. The Drake Batherson, Mike Depp stuff is fantastic, right? Like yeah. we want to see more personality in the game. That's what we're dying to have, and we continue to hammer it out of people all the time. There needs to be a way for us to understand to let these people talk and express their opinion without us coming over the top and just hammering them on it. Ian Mendez.
2: Yeah. You got to, uh, you got to give Sid some credit though. He's got to secure that Tim Hortons and Gatorade stuff, right? (laughs) He's got to secure the bag. He can't be, he can't be risking that, uh, that money coming in from Tim Hortons.
0: Yeah. Good point. (laughs) Listen, I get it right. Same with Connor McDavid and his Rogers commercial. Like how many workouts does that guy do?
1: Yeah, and in fairness, and and I agree, like like Sid, Sid's such a good ambassador for the game, right? Like, can you say one negative thing about yeah. Sidney Crosby? Other than the people that hate no hate, you know, playing against him, obviously from a from a player standpoint, and they'll call him a Hold whiner, on. maybe. That's the worst thing you hear. So
2: This is yeah. unbelievable. The guy who had his fingertips slashed by Sid is like, Can you think of one bad thing yeah. to say about Sidney <laughs> Crosby? That's well, I mean, he didn't do it well, that, on purpose.
1: That speaks he didn't do it on purpose. I know. I know, I know. I gotta, I got you gotta get over these things, right? So I'm over it now. It took me about a year, but I got over it. Yeah,
0: I don't think you have. Um, okay. Finally, last question. I wanted before we move on to the. Oh, by the way, uh, would you guys bring the draft back in the All Star game that they had in Ottawa in 09 where Phil Kessel just sat there until the end oh.
1: as a player? Meth, are you okay? Would you bring it back? No, it's humiliating. You don't want to be like. Listen, it's like. And for, for people to get a good grasp on this, just remember elementary mm. school and, you know, you had the two yeah. studs picking teams at recess for soccer or whatever you were playing. And you it was yeah. always the same few people that were picked last, right? Like And that, that doesn't feel good. Now, that's reality. That's life. I feel I you're looking that, right at you, me, by the way. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, I'm just saying that <laughs> yeah. it puts the players – it was fun to watch and fun to see them raz each other. But I, I – I guess you'd have to ask them. I, I For me, yeah. I, I, it puts them in a really uncomfortable spot, and then it's obviously televised. It's awkward. Um, I don't know. I don't really know how else to chime in on this other than I, I yeah. think you'd have to ask the players and see how they felt about well, it. Have a vote or something. No, but you know what, Meth? I think in a way you, you did experience something like that
2: in the expansion draft when you were yeah. uh, essentially claimed by Vegas and the entire world tuned in to see it. Like, how were you feeling? Did you feel
1: weird, embarrassed? Like, because you kind of walked a little bit in those shoes. Yeah, it was a good question. Um, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go as far as saying I was humiliated. Obviously, because that's a stretch. And I'd come off a good playoff round or playoff uh, experience there with the Sens in 2017. Played good hockey, but uh, but to be on display like that, and and you know you're basically a piece of meat. I mean, we already are all pieces of meat as we already know. That's I know that's obvious, but, but to have it sort of made a show out of, it was all with all the theatrics involved and you're essentially uprooting people and their lives and, and their families and all for the sake of entertainment on TV. That was hard for sure. And knowing that I was leaving, but I didn't view it as a humiliating experience, you know, being chosen last. I think I was expendable. I came to terms with that, but otherwise, uh, it it didn't it didn't hit my ego that hard.
2: I think what they should do for the all-star game is the old school throw everyone's sticks in the middle of the ice. Yes. And I'm with that. Sort them out. And play whatever right?
1: position. That would be hilarious. Yeah, whatever
2: it is. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. one way to do it. Yeah, I agree. But why Good is call. the all
0: star game so rigid? Like, why has it got to be they won't try to figure out a way to make this enjoyable to watch? Isn't do you guys watch the all-star game right now? Do you enjoy no. watching the all-star game? It's boring no. and dull. I've covered like yeah. six of them, and I'm was bored the entire time. It's the stuff leading well, up no to it. It's no different, though. Uh,
1: it's no different from the Pro Bowl, Wally. Like, you, like who here watches the Pro right. Bowl, for example? Right. Like, it's no, like no one. These guys aren't trying; they're just screwing around no out one. there. They don't want to get hurt. So, right. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. I,
0: I, in a in a, in a in a, in, a, in a, I guess a year where we're canceling games left and right, just trying to shoehorn this in uh, is another issue I don't quite understand. Just because. Why are we yeah. try? I understand the it's all about money. Don't get me wrong. I just, we've got all this stuff going on with COVID and games canceled. Could we not perhaps move it to next year?
2: Anyway,
0: yeah. uh, yeah, Mendez, do you have time for one more question or do you have to go?
2: Uh, no, I got time. We, I, we didn't spend as much time on the Dallas Cowboys as I thought. So yeah, I got it. <laughs> Well, you wouldn't let us, by the Fair way, uh, it is Neville Gallimore's birthday
0: today. So happy birthday to him. I know he took some flack on Twitter and that, yeah. all that stuff is nonsense to me. Right. But, uh, I know it's tough for him, obviously, today, but hes uh, I, I thought he had a great year. And uh, we're huge fans of Amir in Ottawa. Um, mm-hmm. Final question. There's lots of discussion about the seating in the Eastern Conference that it is now set that the eight teams that are in are going to be the top eight when they finish the year. Do you guys see any team that's going to bump any of those out of the top eight?
2: No, it's, it's locked in. And uh, wow. it's unfortunate because... We, we, we kind of joke, uh, Matt was saying, well, Ottawa's got a chance. Uh, they, and it's not to say that there's not a reason to tune There's a lot of reasons to tune into Senators hockey in the last uh, you know, three months of the season, but a playoff chase isn't, isn't one of them. Uh, I, I think Detroit is punched above their weight, but I don't yep. think that they're going to chase down Boston. I, I think those eight teams are set. And I think the only yeah. thing I'm curious about is the matchups. And are we going to get... Uh, Tampa, Florida in round one again? Or are we going to get Toronto, Boston in round one again? Or are we going to get Pittsburgh, Washington? Like there's some great matchups. In fact, I think yep. those those are the eight best teams in the East. Like there's not one team in there. The Islanders were the one team. If you had to ask me who's the one team that I'm surprised is out of it. And I thought maybe That's could get one. back into it was the Islanders. I think they got too much room to make up. I don't even think they come back into it.
1: No, there's no chance. There's no chance. And you mentioned uh, uh, Detroit like they've got what boston's got how many games at hand on detroit right now like four i think or four or five and they're way ahead like there's no way i I agree with Ian. i think i think it's set you're not going to see a whole lot more movement uh and the islanders for me i had them 40 games yeah but wally usually the saying goes like by christmas you know you're either in or you're out of it obviously you're gonna have a couple little dog fights but but for the most part, like I think the biggest surprise was in my case too. In my bracket, I had I had the Islanders way up. So in fact, I yeah, had them me too. potentially contending this season. And so, yeah, me too. I, it goes to show you how much I know. But yeah, it's uh, I don't see the East moving too much.
0: Real, I, see, I think the the Islanders have a small chance only only because I how? think the Barry Trots can somehow get this turned around.
1: I just they're in last place. I don't know. Well they're not in le- no, I, I, Montreal's in last well, place. Okay, they're, no, they're, I'm saying they're last. Uh, they're last in the metro, you know what I mean? Like it's anyway, it doesn't.
0: Right. But yeah. They're like 16 no points. They're 18 points out of a playoffs, but I still I'm still yeah. holding out a small slimmer of hope okay. that someone can just have this uncred- incredible run down the stretch and catch it cuz remember when we covered the hamburger run, uh Methan, you were in it or you were
1: not in it. Were you? What no. do you think? The, I Obviously, I was in it. Who was, who was defending he, he all the crea- rushes? This guy created the hamburger run by taking out you're Robin de- Leonard. You're, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> we don't have the
2: Hamburglar run if you're not. Weren't you part of that? Or what happened with that? You were, weren't you? Or um, what? No, what?
1: Oh no, that was Clark. That's, no. That's what? in Carolina. I didn't Clark hurt. MacArthur. I didn't hurt. Clark I was McCarthy there. slid into left. Yeah, I was going to say I didn't take a run. Oh, it was Clark, Yeah, it that's was, right. That was, you know what? It was Jay
2: McClement. Yeah, it was Jay McClement and Clark McCarthy. You no, know, you. You know, hold on. I know what it was. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. I might be off by a day. It was in the you second signed period your con- at home. You signed your contract extension in and around the same time as the day Robin mm-hmm. Leonard got knocked out. I think. If, wow. Memories.
1: You remember yeah, you signed that four year deal yeah i don't remember it was right there. i it just was remember i remember going into brian That's... murray's office i remember going to brian murray's office like this was during the negotiations and uh beamer looked at me and he goes I "And mean, who is the who is the physical d-man in um uh man who is the physical d-man in montreal can you guys give me a russian kid markov no Not oh markov. uh no no, come on. some uh, this Alexi really Emelin. Hammer looked? Emelin. It was Emelin. Alexi, oh, Alexi Emelin, yeah. And he looks at me and he Got looks correct. at me and he goes, "You think you're better than Emelin?" And I'm like, "What?" And like, we're like I'm still technically negotiating my deal here at this point, right? Like my agents are going back and forth with Pierre. And he goes, "You think you're better than Emelin?" And 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 I had nothing but respect for Beamer, right? So I'm like kind of like sitting in my chair going like, "Oh my god, what's he asking me?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I think I'm better than Emelin." I'm like, "Do you think I'm better than Emelin?" He goes, well, I don't know. I'm a, I just want to know what you think, Mark. And I'm like, well, I think I'm better than him. And we kind of had a bit of a short conversation after that, and I left the office. And I'm like, what just happened in there? <laughs> but and that was Eric. <laughs> that was Eric Carlson who told me to go in. He's like, just go talk to Beamer. Like, try to sort this out because my agent at the time wasn't really clicking with the, you know, with 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 Brian Murray. It, you know, was was being dragged on a little too long. So Eric told me to go into the office. And told me that Beamer wanted to talk to me. So I'm thinking, like, you know, okay, fine. So anyway, long story short, I went in there and had that weird conversation with Beamer. And it was, you know, I don't really know what I got from it or what he got from it, but it didn't get it we didn't get any further in the progression of the of the the contract negotiating. So that's my beamer story.
0: So how much longer after that story did you sign your deal?
1: After that, I ended up having to switch agents, like, and Larry Kelly was always my guy, like, like, but, but for whatever reason, Larry and Beamer never really saw eye to eye and, and Ottawa, Ottawa negotiated really sh- like hard, right? Like, you know, they always wanted to maximize everything and they're not going to just going to hand out money, obviously. But, um, I shortly after that, I ended up going from Larry Kelly to Mike Liute and Mike Liute just kind of calmed the waters a little more. Cause I think he had a, he was more of like a neutral guy to talk to, right? Because Larry and Brian always butt heads over deals. So that was kind of the, how that played. out. I think it was not long after that though, but I, I kind of forget. It's such a blur. It, you know what? So
2: I just double checked this. You signed that uh, that extension in on February the 16th, 2015, okay. which was basically yeah, okay. the, the start day. of the Hamburger run. And I think that's the day that, that Robin Leonard got knocked out. That's the injury. That's the yeah, injury. Day. Well, yeah. and
1: I had it and I hadn't been playing. So leading up to that, I had this weird back thing going on. And I, it could have been stress induced. I don't even know, but I had the worst sciatic pain and I lo- I wasn't playing. So the the team was losing a lot, but I I was not playing. So, you know, obviously our top pairing was broken up cuz I was injured. And then obviously signed the deal and I come back and I think that kind of helped out a little bit too. But uh I didn't know that it coincided with the hamburger thing. So that's kind of interesting. I I had no idea. Yeah cool so
0: uh <laughs> it did i, I i'm interested in the brian murray stuff so players all the time keep saying our agents just handling it i don't know what's going on did you know yeah. every day what was going on
1: um i had an idea you know they, they were they played they played hardball like we would because my so my comparables were all around like five to five and a half million like 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 with whatever term, four to five years, like legitimate comparables, not ones that we just picked out of nowhere. And Ottawa never wanted to budge from like 4.2 or whatever it was, you know, and I know this is, people are watching this and it's hard to sympathize with an athlete when we're talking numbers like this, but it's just the business. And so- that's we that's uh, Yeah, exactly, it's the market. And and yeah, so they played so hard. And that, that stressed me out to no end because I just wanted to get this deal done so I could go back to focusing on playing but it was such a huge distraction. And, uh, um, you know, eventually I think we got close to five, but then they didn't want to go five years. They wanted to go four and and my agent, like my agents did not want me to sign that deal. They wanted me to go to free agency and likely get moved and sign. I know there were a few teams, I forget exactly which ones, that were willing to throw what, what I initially wanted my way, likely into the summer, right? Or, or rather when I would when I would land there, I'd probably sign. But in the end, I just, I'm like, you know, I wanted to play at home. And when you see that carrot dangling in front of your face, like I'm not a Drake Batherson or Brady Kachuk. I don't have the the nuts to kind of hang on like that and play, uh, you know, Russian roulette with a contract. You see those numbers when you're stay-at-home D-man and you just want to sign it. So I signed it against um, my agent's wishes, but then in the end it worked out well because I, I love my time in Ottawa.
2: You know what's interesting too more is more I think – What's that in? Oh yes, um, no, sorry, sorry. Answer, answer Wally's ahead, question go. first. Okay. Do we're I have how much more?
1: How Yeah. they how much more did five, your agents five. ask for? They wanted me at five five, and the Sens I think wanted. They were playing hardball around four and a half. Like when we, when we got deep into the the negotiating, they were at four and a half, and then absolutely no chance to, for whatever reason that Ottawa did not want to go over four nine. Like it it couldn't be. It couldn't be a round number at five. It had to be 4975. I don't know what it was, like the optics of it maybe or what, but um, anyway, yeah. So yeah, we ended up signing at 4975 or whatever it was.
2: And that's the exact same cap hit for Drake Batherson, by the way, 4975. Oh, it is? Here's my question. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's (laughs) exactly it. Yeah, and so I got to ask you this because all the time, the last five years, we have heard the Ottawa Senators say we don't, Negotiate in public. Anytime we ask about a contract talk, whether it was yeah. Brady, uh, whatever, we don't. But you are the reason for that because I think the last time that anybody from Ottawa ever truly spoke out in public about a contract negotiation was Pierre Dorian with Steve Lloyd. It was at the season-opening golf tournament. I think it would have been the fall of 2014. Like, do you remember? Oh, yeah. Like, did you ever listen? Did you ever listen to that? full interview did you drive in your car and listen like i can't believe like it's kind of spilled out publicly or did you never listen to that that radio segment
1: i'm just curious yeah no, i didn't listen to it i i i didn't want to listen to it because it made me so uncomfortable you know i i don't even remember the i i think there were some strong comments from pierre weren't they i don't remember exactly what he said but um yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I tried not to pay attention to it, but it's impossible, right? You're from here and your family's reading it. Your friends are listening to it, whatever. Like there's Twitter, there's all this social media. So there's no way to, to, to shelter yourself from those comments. You're going to, you're going to hear them at one point or another, but I just, I luckily was, you know, in like, well, how old was I? Was I 30? I forget. Yeah. I think it was around 30. So, you know, I'd been around the league long enough to not take it to heart. Stuff like that, you got to understand as a business and people are always looking for leverage. It's just the way it was. But um, yeah, I mean, it can get messy when you go public like that because all of a sudden it turns into a pissing match, right? And you never want it to go that way because it just goes south. No one wins when you start sharing information and these little comments start popping out. And all of a sudden there's a bit of resentment from either one side or the other. And you try to avoid that at all costs because it can create a big distraction for the team.
2: Yeah, I actually, I found the Pierre Dorian quote. Oh, if you God. don't mind me what reading it. What was it, again? it. Okay? <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Actually, let me just – okay. It's going to be live story time here. I'm going to read the first <laughs> six – they're very short – sentences from a Hockey News article from uh, September of 2014. Okay? This okay. will be very quick. It says follows. Mark Mathot was feeling the need to be on the defensive entering Ottawa Senators' training camp. The 29-year-old Ottawa native is entering the final year of his contract. Negotiations between the defensemen and the Senators have taken an ugly turn. Things began to unravel after Senators General Manager Brian Murray told TSN's Bob McKenzie he'd rather trade Mathot than lose him in free agency. Mathot was then quoted as saying, quote, it's at the stage where I'm not really comfortable. The team wants to do anything. My thoughts agent, Larry Kelly, then revealed some of the contract terms that had been allegedly discussed. The senators disputed that publicly with general manager Pierre Dorian telling TSN 1200, quote, we've always felt we wanted to keep Mark around, but you see stuff like this
1: and you ask yourself, is it worth it? (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Story time. But you see, but like, okay, so now looking back, Do you see how stupid that is? Like, why say that? You know, like, I mean, and, and, you know, you know what my worth was to the team. I'm not trying to be some egotistical, like, I know, I know I'm a plug stay-at-home D-man, but I complimented one of the best D-men in the NHL at the time. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, you know, but that's, that's part of it. Right. And, and, and I don't blame necessarily Pierre or, or Beamer, of course. I loved both of them when I played there, there was no issues there, but you know, they're obviously working with numbers and the ownership has a say as well. And they're going to have control on that. And maybe, maybe Eugene was just like, Nope, we're not giving them this much. This is how much we, I want to give them. And so they're having to parrot that and control it. And, uh, but, but forgetting about all the comments and quotes, because you're, you're reading that to me and it kind of pisses me off. But I'm not, I'm retired, I gotta remind myself that. Um, it just goes to show you though, once you take it public, it can get very nasty really quickly. Yeah. Luckily, I wasn't some hot-headed sniper out there that scores 50 a year that would just run my mouth off. I kept, sh- I kept my mouth shut and kept doing, you know, about my business, but it, see, it can go south very quickly. That's essentially what I'm trying to say.
2: Yeah. And because yeah. of you, because oh, of you, knew, my blood pressure, have...
1: my blood pressure is raised now after this <laughs> conversation. I'm gonna have to go hit the sauna or something to cool down or whatever. Go go shovel. Okay.
2: Go go shovel a bit. Yeah, I might. You, I actually you know, think I will anyway. So <laughs> this will make shoveling. you feel better.
1: Okay.
0: We'll just move to the quick topic. Last topic. Thomas Shabbat uh puck went off the crossbar, hit Connor Brown in the jaw. He's now out three weeks with a broken jaw. After the game in which Connor Brown scored a goal and had an assist playing with a broken jaw, said, I got hit in the jaw by Shabby. He's going to get me a bottle of wine. What do you think the gift should be now from Thomas Shabbat to Connor Brown that he's broken his jaw and he's out for three weeks? Mark, what is an acceptable gift?
1: It went off the crossbar. I would understand if it was a direct shot. But you don't have to give a guy a gift for that. That's nonsense. I, I I don't know how else to comment. I mean, come on. It was an accident. He broke his jaw. Yeah, but it wasn't a direct. Okay, I would understand if Shabbat fanned on it or hit a clean clapper from the point and it directly hit Connor Brown. But it went It ricocheted off the post, right?
2: Yeah, off Correct. the crossbar. Cross yeah.
1: So, I mean, it's like. Yeah. and and And, you know, lucky for Connor Brown. Because if that's a direct hit, he's not looking at three weeks. He's looking at six. So, you know what? um for me may, okay maybe get him a cheap bottle of wine that's probably what i would do i'd buy him a bottle of yellowtail or something <laughs> well, you would just give him t- some t- whitewater t- beer no you, you gotta go at least you gotta go into the
2: vintages section of the LCBO <laughs> if you're doing this. you're not hey, getting yellow then, tail. You, <laughs> no <laughs> nope uh,
1: too expensive uh, come on over
2: 30 bucks <laughs> yellowtail is a slap that's a slap in the face
1: yeah uh, i you know what though yeah. Why would you buy, I, I've already answered this question. I'm not, I'm done talking. <laughs> but he said, Shabbat yeah. already told him, I'm going
2: to buy you a bottle of wine. I guess that's okay. what Wally's yeah. point is, right? He already
1: said, forgive me.
2: Yeah, There's no way Connor Brown didn't go up to him and said, you owe me something. Shabby probably came by and said, hey man, I'm sorry. I got you. I'll get you a bottle of wine. Right? That's probably how it played <laughs> out.
0: So now it's a box of chocolates, according to math, and a bottle of wine.
2: Yeah. Oh, and with method it would be like some turtles or pot of gold or something, you not mean, even Christmas like premium chocolates. I,
1: yeah, some yeah. random old box of chocolates from Shopper's Drug Mart on the aisle on the way. Yeah, out after eight. Yeah, some after <laughs> eight of <at> the cash. <laughs> All right, boys.
0: Uh, All right. Last bit of, and then we're out of here. And that's, uh, there's a, okay. we have a gong show contest. And Mendez, you can enter this. Um, yes. Everybody, lists, including like school's been closed and no one's getting out. All the sports are shut down. So gong show has teamed up with the Wally Mathot Show. We want to see your childhood favorite sports picks. It doesn't have to be hockey. It can be any sport. So send them in. You can look like Mark Mathot or Craig or even football playing Wally. Um, Just send that in. Tag uh, Gong Show, uh, hashtag Wally Mathot, and send them on Twitter. Uh, We're going to give you a puck luck game next Monday is when we're going to announce our winner. So uh, send in your picks. you got a week to do it, and then uh, it'll be awesome. So... All okay, that thanks on. to our I good got, friends I... at GongshowGear.ca. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Um, I got a quick question. Make sure you leave this pi- these pictures up for like just a split second here. Let's start yeah. with the picture hey. of Matt. Oh, is God. that the same kid? These look like. Is this these are these are twins? Is it...
1: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my brother. brother,
0: Matt?
2: It's
1: my brother, Wait. my younger brother. You he is guys now look in exactly the same. Yeah, right. The same uh, hair doesn't look, he doesn't look like. He doesn't look like a police officer there, but he is now, and he's a fine one. But yeah, that was us. I was uh five, and I think he was three and a half there. So, yeah, classy. Okay, because yeah, you got the exact mm.
2: same haircut. I was getting some creepy vibes here, like the twin vibes going on here,
1: or the what? What? What is that yeah. movie? The old school movie with all the white haired kids there. Uh, oh man. Oh, um, the, come the on, Children guys! Of the, the horror movie. No children of the corn yes. Of the- oh, my God. yes yeah yes <laughs> yeah oh, that is a this is like a movie. casting
2: call from children of the corn and then yeah. Wally. oh lord um yeah what what was this yeah. what was this tigers football team's record i'm thinking oh look at
1: his Undefe- look at his legs undefeated. look at his legs he's <laughs> he has never seen a squat rack in his life it's unbelievable we we seriously crushed the opposition yeah, we never lost.
0: I don't even know if that we gave up a touchdown that year. And I was an offensive nice. lineman. That's you not, were not offensive I no, lineman. I didn't even know what a first down was. Yeah, so I told this on the last show, but they so my buddy I went to tryouts <laughs> and he's like, okay, when they tell you uh, who wants to play offense, you raise your hand. And I'm like, I got this because you don't want to play D. I'm like, okay. So he goes, <laughs> who wants to be offensive line? Boom, the arm is up in the air. I and that was it. I was on the offensive line.
2: Okay. Well, you were offensive. All right.
0: Uh, right. Tackle. Right. Never gave up a sack. Right. All tackle. right, boys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so send in your pick, man, we'd gladly like to see you playing some hockey or something. Hmm. Um, yeah, I
2: got some, I got some that, old school picks. Perfect. That's our
0: show. Uh, thanks to Gong Show Gear. As of course, sportsinteraction.com. Uh, Whitewater. Don't forget to use the Wallymouth.com coupon code 15% off. And of course, BEI. Uh, have a great couple of days, Mendez. Thanks for stopping by. We always appreciate your chats. Thanks, you are uh,
2: number one on our guest list, by the way. Uh, it's not stopping by, I spend an hour and whatever. I, this wasn't a quick visit. This was like an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> we got to so, start We got to compensating
1: day. him for this. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, thanks, for pop,
2: thanks for popping by for 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I didn't know you were on a time frame. No, i wasn't i wasn't you brought I, up so, the last no one's going anywhere today no one's going anywhere exactly today, so i'm it's all good Fine. all right see you boys uh all thanks right a lot thanks for having me
0: okay